The guest on today's episode is someone very familiar to me, and somebody probably very familiar to you if you've been uh, coming to Mud Sharks. It's our very own Matthew Vanderzee. Good to have him on the podcast. Let's do this. Episode 11 starts right now. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. How about you, Daryl? Good. This is such a, a strange, strange way for us to communicate, being as we usually see each other every day of the year. But uh, here we go, man. Yeah, no, we'll make it happen. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, anybody that doesn't know who Matthew Vanderzee is, uh, he is like the number one barista in all of the Vancouver Island, is what I would say. Um, he's our master barista over at Mud Sharks. Um, but Matthew, tell us a little bit more about Matthew Vanderzee. Um, I guess, yeah, I get a lot of um, enjoyment out of working at the cafe with you and Martin and definitely looking, uh, looking forward to being reopened and working around in that new process. But um, right now, just enjoying working on my garden and biking a whole bunch. Yeah, you've definitely done a whole change, which is uh, nice to see. You're definitely one of those people that I think comes out of this whole COVID situation growing in some, in some way, in a positive way. So that's a good thing. I almost feel people, anyone that's not tied to money is going to come out of this with something like good to look out of it from, but anyone that's definitely just tied to money is probably not enjoying themselves. Yeah. That's that's a very good way to do it. I I really, I was thinking before we got on this call, I like talking to you because we both kind of seem to have similar thoughts on a lot of things. And sometimes we can get pretty deep, which I've got one really cool, deep idea to talk about later on. But um, why don't we start off with uh, with coffee? Because when I first met you, it was the day we were having our latte art battle at Mud Sharks. And that was, what, almost three years ago now? Or what, was that like three years ago this August, September, I think, right? Yeah. In the summer, three years ago. Yeah. So and even three years ago, you were definitely a, a coffee lover and master barista. How long have you been doing coffee for, like professional coffee? Um, I guess about five years total now. Yeah, that's definitely a, a long time for the coffee business. But have you always been interested in coffee or was it only till you started? Because you started at, um, at Serious Coffee in Campbell River. That was your first time? Yeah, that'd be the first cafe that I worked at, um, but definitely was around the cafe experience a lot and just enjoyed going in, getting a cup and having the culture of talking to people, never knowing like the conversation that could come of it, much like the new advent of your podcast, Conversations Over Coffee. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you definitely know your stuff. Like when I say you're a master barista, I mean it. You... uh you know all there is about coffee and you've got so much education and background and most of all your passion for coffee too, which is a big part of it. Yeah. Very passionate about making coffee and just putting all of myself into making a nice cup for the people drinking it. Like I by no means would consider myself a master barista barista compared to like all the other people out there that I look up to, but just in terms of taking everything I can know and honing that into a craft for the cup of coffee for everyone in town. Yeah. How, how many people would you think, like, it's probably a guess, but how many people would you say really appreciate the, you know, the passion and the work that goes into creating a really good drink other than people that just grab and like, yeah, whatever's a latte. Um, well, 
Coffee aside, I think at least 50% of people enjoy passion when someone has it. But in terms of the coffee, um, probably everyone now is enjoying that latte or appreciating it much more than they were before the COVID experience. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's hard to say, but I think everyone enjoys the routine. Yeah, I think so too. It's uh, definitely a big change. I know there's a lot of our customers that are just brewing at home every day now, which it's probably getting them by, but I know they're missing a really good drink. That's for sure. Yeah, missing the drink, missing seeing some happy faces and the whole experience of coming to the cafe because it's more than just a drink. It's getting to see your friends. And Yeah, no, that's think, for sure. Like, sorry, but just in terms of like biking around every day, I see at least one friendly face that was a customer regular at my church today and they're all very excited for the relaunch and open yeah which is coming soon um i haven't really said a lot i mean i've touched a little bit on these podcasts but maybe because i don't want to talk about it myself but if you want to give a little update on what's shaken you can go for it um i think the only update i have is to just look forward to what's going to come we know it's coming soon and everyone at Mud Sharks is going to be really excited. Yeah, you've you've uh, seen the stuff that's been happening there. What Martin's been doing. Um, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the renovations? Um, I think a little slap of paint and a couple new counters, and everyone's going to come in and they're gonna they're gonna love it. And I love it too, and definitely really excited to come back. Yeah, it is going to be, it's definitely going to be good. Definitely good. All right, so let's talk about the new, the, your new passion. Well, not new, because you've always been a mountain biker, but um, you're definitely spending more time on your bike. But let's talk about the gardening a little bit. I know you've really gotten deep into uh, your backyard gardening. How's that going? Um, it's going super good. Um, something that I thought I was going to be touching on later in life as a future dream, but given that this is like a, retirement experiment i'm definitely doing it now um a little volunteering at my girlfriend's farm the very best and they've given me some raspberries in exchange that i've been able to add to my little backyard garden and um just reflecting a lot from the covid experience and trying to see what i can do to better the earth and have a more sustainable and reduced impact on it that's cool. What like what are some of the things you've learned that you didn't know about gardening since you started? Um, I really thought it was going to be much harder. Um, just get some healthy soil, throw some seeds into it, and water it, and be happy, and basically everything is going to come together. It's no different than uh, seeing weeds shooting through cement, and it's like, how did you do that? It's like because it's that's the only thing it knows to just try hard. Exactly. Well, you've always been kind of a green thumb kind of guy. If anybody doesn't know, you're the you're the one responsible for all the nice looking flowers and some of the cool stuff we have with um, all the plants at Mud Sharks. Um, even your creativity by using old um, coffee bags for the for the planters and things like that are really cool. So, be interesting to know what kind of creative ideas you got in your garden now. Well, so far, I'm trying to touch on a little bit of everything. And over the last six weeks, I've started to learn about uh, forest gardens and what would be like biophilic inspired. So trying to collect like, just integrate everything you're doing with growing into your living scape. 
So it's a synergistic like connection. So saving like rainwater or shower water, given that I don't use any like real chemicals when I'm washing myself. And then all of this can go back into just even the grass to water the lawn to offset the watering. Um, and then doing like vertical gardens. So I have some strawberries in the vertical garden. It's all new to me. Like this is my first year doing anything that's going to produce edibles. But it's, um, it's that whole process of what can I do and having fun doing it. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I would love it if... Um... So if we had more of a better growing season all year round, we could do this. But I know when I lived in, in Austin, Texas, there was some restaurants there that would have their own garden that would supply their restaurant, which is really cool. So it's really a cool concept. The whole concept of like being more local, even if it's in greenhouses to offset the winter seasons around here, I was following this one kind of greenhouse setup in Colorado and they were growing bananas year-round in wow. Colorado in a greenhouse. And then I thought to myself, it's like, would I rather have local food out of a greenhouse or food that came from a forest but was sprayed with chemicals and it took a month to get here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that whole thing about could we have local greenhouses sustaining local uh local grocery stores and restaurants. Yeah, that'd be really cool if we could do that. Yeah, it's something I've thought about a lot over the course of uh, the last six weeks. Well, yeah, keep thinking. That's some good thoughts for sure. Now, I, kn- I know that there, we, like I mentioned to you before we talked, I was going to just talk about football because I know that's one of your loves is uh, NFL. I know there's not <laughs> nothing really going on with football, but um one of these thoughts I had when I was thinking of football and it comes to all sports, just want to talk football because that's your thing is now, do you feel because of the shutdown of all the professional sporting events that people, when this eventually goes back to a somewhat normal life, that people will be just can't wait. I can't wait to get back to watching all these sports or will they be like, you know what? I don't really need that anymore. And all of a sudden these professional athletes are going to be like not making millions of dollars anymore. Well, I, f- I think that's going to be hard to say. Like, I feel I always go after the football season. There's like a lull where I basically don't think about it. But then just as it starts in September, there's something that always kind of piques the interest again. So for me, I think as soon as it starts, it's going to be a very organic start to it where I've had a time off and then I go back to watching it if I do. But people that maybe were watching say basketball and then it's like hey the season's just over it's in the like lullaby phase and then it's like do you go back to watching something and it's so like different than what you know i i like i debate if those fans might have a harder time than people that don't have an active season right now yeah exactly i know i mean every industry is going to be affected in in a different way but yeah, I, I, I often think about how some of these things like professional sports are going to be like, are they going to bounce right back? Are they going to be totally different? Are we going to go back to when professional athletes had to get a second job because they didn't make much enough enough money with their professional career? I don't know, well, man. Even if they make half of what they do now, most of them, if not all of them, I, I can't imagine any of them getting second jobs. Yeah, true. 
right? This like, is the, C- the CFL, the CFL guys yeah. <laughs> might need to make some more. Yeah, they might be in a rough state, but. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. Anyways, I just, I just knew because you're NFL lover and I haven't really talked to anybody in my circle of friends that are real big sports guys. So this was something I was thinking about. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's go back in time. So you originally from Campbell river or was it somewhere you lived before you went to Campbell river? Um, I'd say Calgary was, well, Calgary was, is where I was born, but, um, I came to Campbell when I was like two. Okay. And then that would be like home base. Yeah, so you don't remember too much before that. Not overly. Right. And what was uh, life like growing up in Campbell River? Um, it was definitely uh, pretty basic within my spectrum of the world. Kind of just hung out in the forest or hung out at home. Read books and was really into like philosophy at a younger age. And what? What kind of jobs did you do uh, leading up to Serious Coffee? Serious Coffee? Um, right before it, I was doing like a FedEx type driver. I was running my own um, delivery business where I had contracts with like FedEx and Staples. And I would deliver within Campbell River. Um, and then before that, I had a little phase where I thought I was going to be a chef. And I was getting into the culinary industry. And I did an apprenticeship. And um, definitely realized quick enough that that was not going to be for me. And I had to move on. The disconnect from making something that you were putting all of your day into and then never getting to see or even talk to the person that ended up tasting it. It it felt like such a disconnect from the experience of what you put in and what you get out. So finding the culinary aspect of that within the cafe where you get to make something but directly serve it to the next person and have that connection it was very very nice and I know there's like the bartending aspect of restaurants that have that but not being a huge drinker nor do I want to be around people drinking the whole cafe thing that was very uh, synergistic yeah definitely sounds like a good fit for you for sure so when you started getting in, like, I know learning how to make a good drink in the coffee business takes a bit of time. When you first started learning, did you feel like you picked it up quite quite quickly? Or was it something that you just had to keep putting extra effort into? Or how did it go? Um, I definitely was watching videos every single day for like nine months. And I would watch a video on how to like pour a heart. And then I practiced all day on pouring hearts. And um, given how I've watched some of the people that we've brought on take up doing latte art, I think I was pretty slow. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they just got a better teacher, that's why. Uh, it could be a little combination of all of it, but um, I'm definitely slower than the most of the people that we've found since. Okay, well, you've definitely, uh, definitely become good at it now, so that's good. Um, you were telling me that you have uh, maybe a home brewing tip for some people. I know there's a million people out there now that are kind of drinking coffee at home where they're not used to it, doing it quite so often. What is the, uh, what is the thing you were going to mention? So my key home brewing tip, and number one, is you don't abuse this one because you can't do it every single day. But you just have to be really, really nice to your significant other. And if you're just lazy enough, 
they will get out of bed before you and they will make the coffee. <laughs> that's a great tip. Yeah. So that's basically my tip right now. Uh, there's a Chemex, there's an AeroPress, there's a French press all available at their disposal. And um, that's basically what I've been doing. <laughs> I've literally made two coffees since Mud Sharks is closed. Oh my gosh, you're lucky. Yeah. You are lucky. That's good. Um, I thought the tip was going to be for um, to start off by always drinking 49th Parallel or Discovery Coffee. Okay, I, I guess an actual really good tip, yeah, would be to source beans from Mud Sharks because we will set you up with whatever we're getting. And um, to get a really good grinder, regardless of what you're going to brew with, being that Chemex or French press, whatever you want to brew with, get yourself a really nice grinder because no matter what beans you're starting with or what you're putting them through, you need a really good grind. People have probably noticed the nice white grinder that we added to the Mud Sharks lineup. And that was all because we wanted that 49th bean to be and shine at its best. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know if a lot of people realize how complex coffee really is. Um, like there's just like, I, I, I know far less than, you know, and I already know how complex it is, but everything from when it starts off as a bean to how it's, how it's, you know, harvested to how it gets transported to how it gets stored to how it gets roasted. And then even to that point is a lot of work. And then from there, once you got the beans, you got to make sure that you are keeping it, you know, fresh and that you're grinding it properly and that you're adding the, you know, extracting it into the water properly. And yeah, there's so much. That you even have nice water. Like we're lucky around here, but there's cities where they have to get um, chemicals that change the state of the water just so it runs through the machine better. Yeah, that's insane. Right. So it's like, there's all of those little variables that go into it. And I don't know if everyone would buy into this, but I definitely like subscribe to if someone's unhappy and they're making something for you, it'll never be as good as someone that maybe doesn't know as much, but is putting their hundred percent effort and heart into it. That's a good point. So just yeah, in good. terms of like the end result and having a happy barista making your stuff, it's always a good sign. Right. That's another thought. Like, here's another deep thought for you is um, I've always heard jokes from some people talking. This was before, long before the COVID situation, but just explaining how some people that will go to a coffee shop and complain that their drink is not hard, hot enough or that it wasn't uh, perfect in some way. And if it's, and then just joking that if that's your biggest problem in life, then man, like you, <laughs> you got a lot of issues. So I wonder if coming back from this, if people are going to be more understanding and not quite so demanding on, I'm not just saying with coffee, but with everything in general, having it be exactly perfect. Like, what do you think? Um, I've tried to go to Canadian Tire for over two weeks and I've seen a lineup for a beyond belief lineup. And we all know about the lineups going into Costco. So I think, yeah, everyone's getting humility and patience in this process. And we're, we're all going to be happy to be connecting again and getting back to doing things. So it's like, we're, I think everyone's going to be happy to just get back to it. And yeah, we'll be in that better state of just acceptance.
Yeah, I hope so. What is it with Canadian Tire? I haven't I haven't gone there, but yeah, every time I've been near there, I see how busy the parking lot is and everything. Why why Canadian Tire? What's they got? What do they got? Um, I think uh, all people really have right now is their backyards in Canadian Tire and Home Depot is like a gateway to it. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, so that's probably why you're going there, picking up your gardening supplies. A little bit. The day before, well, I've been wanting to get some more house plants and stuff because this is the like a really good time to propagate them, split them, and grow them really big for the winter. And um, I've been wanting to go there and do a run for that, but also just didn't want to wait in the line because I'm not also in a rush to do that. There's so many outdoor projects. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I was lucky enough to get onto it. I was getting supplies back in March for the garden. Oh, perfect. But yeah, what were you going to say? Sorry. No, I'm just saying, and speaking of outside, I know other than the gardening, you're spending a lot of time on your bike, which is great. You know that I'm a bike lover, so I love to hear that. Um, what kind of new adventures or different things you've been doing um, out on the mountain bike? Well, I'm uh, finally getting into the Cumberland Trails. I didn't really get to do them last year because I didn't have a bike that would be very uh, happy going up and down. But I was just starting to get the Cumberland Trails down. And um, I now just have an e-bike from Trail Bikes, the Trek Rail 7. Oh, cool. Or Fly 7, sorry. So um, that's very new to me as of Friday. And that's something I'm looking forward to on the next like sunny day to go out there and rip it up the hill. Yeah. I didn't know you got one. That's good. Um, yeah. Now you and Martin can go e-bike, e-mountain biking together. Yeah. Um, he's definitely, we went up on Saturday and um, he had to wait for me at some points because it's a bigger bike than I'm used to too. I am, it's the XL. I normally get a large, but um, a lot of fun and yeah, it's going to be a really good summer for that. Speaking of trail bikes, do you know, like I know before this situation, they were going to be moving actually closer to us. They're going to move on to, on the cliff somewhere. Are they still moving or are, have they moved? Um, they're still on trail. I had no idea about the move. It doesn't really look like they're setting up to move just from being there the last couple of times. But um, yeah, I have no idea on that one. The check in, yeah. I wonder if that changed because it was pretty. It was yeah, within only a few weeks of before this happened that they'd talked about moving. So I'm not sure what happened, but it was going to be nice having them close to us. They're going to be, I think, just down a couple blocks down cliff. Oh yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure they're still doing it. It just might not be coming as quickly as they were hoping. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see what happens. But yeah, other than the gardening and the mountain biking, is there anything like I've kind of talked to quite a few people recently and just seeing if there's something new that they've discovered or some new passion they've come out with, with being at home a lot more, or having more free time. Is there anything else that you found yourself doing more of? Well, um, just kind of getting back to the garden thing. Um, I feel in the coming years, a shift to being more into the garden environment and doing growing. And um, I kind of envision the whole like shift of local gardening and farming and how that can work and using more local spaces and integrating the forest and ecosystems. Um, this one guy I've been following, Zach Bush, he talks about the microbiome 
and creating a very healthy soil because the mechanized farming has us creating chemicals to fertilize the plants so then they grow, but that's destroying the soil that they live in. So creating a more synergistic relationship for the plants and the soil and the health that goes into it in the ecosystem will give us a much healthier li lifestyle. Like as much as the earth doesn't look like it's 50% dead, over 50% of the ecosystems in life in the last 20 years have died. And mm -hmm. this is all stuff I've been starting to learn over the last six weeks. And it definitely pushes me into uh, wanting to make that shift. And I kind of see like doing a lot of small scale gardens throughout the backyard and even through like the downtown core. Like if we're going to have trees, why not have apple trees? Mm -hmm. I wonder if it like, like the, there's Lush Valley that does quite a bit of that. I know they have the, like the community gardens and stuff, but you're saying it's growing it onto a bigger scale. Well, like not like necessarily onto a bigger scale, but do a lot of things on a small scale integrated within like normal trees. So you can create more normal ecosystems and doing more rooftop things. Yeah, that'd be good. So let's say you, you look at Courtney from above and it'll look more like a forest than a city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. But obviously this is being all, all new things to me and there's no way you can just go out and jump into it. But mm -hmm. something that I feel a lot of inspiration as a pull in direction. Have you been, when you're doing all your research and looking things up, have you uh, been reading some stuff from Rob Greenfield? Um, I know you know him pretty well, and I've watched some of the videos that you've shared with him, but he's not someone that I've been finding myself pulled to because um, I'm finding myself definitely being pulled towards the growing side of things. Um, I, I didn't know him to be a big grower, so correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he's a bit of everything, but he's definitely a, a grower. Like um, his last project just finished up uh, like a couple months ago, whereas where he went a full year with only eating the things he grew or he foraged in the oh, forest. Wow. Um, yeah, so he spent an entire year just only eating what he could grow himself or what he could forage um, through through going through forests and things like, like that. So that's a, that was a huge thing for, for him. Um, yeah, he's definitely a gardener. Like he, he definitely has a lot of information. I mean, he's environmentalist, but gardening is a huge part of that. It's yeah, the the relationship between everything you do. Um, I'll definitely go check him out some more. I uh, didn't know he was touching on all of that stuff. Yeah, he like I said, he does so many things. But I'd say over the last year and a half, he's definitely focused a lot more on on the gardening aspect of things. Um, which is really cool. Like, cause yeah, when he was living in, in Florida, he was living off his own food and he had like seven different gardens happening that he'd spend every, that's all he did every day was just garden all day long. I, I was actually just talking to our friend, uh, Ken about that because Ken's kind of a fan of, of Rob's and, um, of course I am as well. So just had a little chat with him about that today. Oh, good. Yeah. I miss Ken. Yeah, he said he's came by to see your garden. Is yeah, he's that right? been by a little bit, but not in a couple of weeks. So I'm used to seeing him every like week. 
I know, right? Well, it's funny because I just happened to go down to Mud Sharks to uh, selling some coffee to somebody, and he was there just hanging out, hanging out. So I was able to have a chat with him for a while. Oh, that's nice, little serendipity. Yeah, I think he was. I think he's missing his um, his hangout time over there for sure. Like a lot of people. Yeah, we're we're all kind of missing it. I miss the socializing, definitely. I went from talking to like two hundred yeah. people a day to talking to myself in the mirror. <laughs> I know, right? Like it is got to Well, it's hard for so many different people. Like it's hard for, well, people like Cindy who works for us, um, who's lives alone and doesn't, and is a real social person. Um, it's difficult for people that are, yeah, basically in a social environment every day, dealing with customers and, and interacting and loving it to having it not being a part of their day. And yeah, it's a tough one, man. It's a tough one for so many people. Yeah. What, um, what kind of things have you seen around the Comox Valley? Like while this is going on that has excited you or got you thinking, or you think you're doing a great job? Um, I think I'm kind of too detached to really make a comment. I would say, um, the main thing is, yeah, the grocery store workers are the only place that I've been. And I would say they're all doing a really good job. The people at Edible are definitely smiling on a regular basis, and that's really refreshing. And the people at Trail Bikes were super, super good to deal with. There's like eight cars lined up, and there's one dude running back and forth dealing with everyone. It was like, wow, I can't believe you're doing it so well. So I would say a shout out to those little areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what I've seen, everybody's doing a, a really good job. You know, you know what? I just thought of this, and it'd be kind of similar in a way. I feel like, in a way, the situation right now, it's kind of like when you and Martin opened up on Christmas Day and we had people coming in. It was just because it was such a foreign, a foreign concept and just kind of a different day than any other. So I think now when people serve customers, it's kind of like that, where it's like, it's not a regular situation. Right? Yeah. It's kind of like, you don't know what to expect, but it's Christmas day, six, six weeks straight. And I know that would get to a lot of people. So it's yeah, definitely sure. a good uh, parallel. Yeah. I think like, I just thought of that right now. I would think it's kind of similar. Cause I know when I came to Mud Sharks on Christmas day, I could just feel the different vibrations of a normal day. And I feel like that's kind of like when I go to the grocery store now where it's a different scenario. It's not the same experience. Yeah, some days it parts of the day. It's like, wow, it's dead. Is this really happening? And then it's like, Oh, this is way busier than I would expect for quarantine. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So what other things are you going to be working on? Hopefully we're going to get you serving up coffees soon, which really should be in the next uh, two weeks. I would think once the renovations are done, but what other things are you hoping to do still? Um, I'm kind of just hoping to uh, enjoy my time. Um, still learn stuff from the good people at Very Best while I'm helping out there, and um, just getting better used to that bike. And if anyone wants to buy a Hyundai Accent, I have one for sale. <laughs> I was gonna say, and how many bikes do you have right now? Three. You must have. Three. I have five. All of a sudden. <laughs> that's cool man so um, i can start little, a little get bike rid gang of if i need to yeah um are you gonna be selling some off or what are you gonna do with um, them 
current feelings is most people don't want to bike with me if I'm going to be on the e-bike. So I'm going to keep one of the other yeah. bikes and that one and then get the rest of the, get rid of the rest. But yeah, you've always, you, did you know that the number of bikes that an, a real cyclist should always have is, they say is N plus one. Because <laughs> you never can have enough. You can always have one more. Well, you kind of need them for different situations. And then it's like, once you get a new one, I debate selling it, but oh, maybe I'll hang on to it. Cause if someone wants to ride with me, but does that really ever happen? Not usually. Yeah. They become a part of you and they, um, they all have a special place. Usually it's tough to, to get rid of them. Yeah, it is what it is, but um, I'm probably going to definitely have to part with a couple of them at least. Even if nothing else for the room, I'm sure you're running out of space for all this. I guess you got a big basement, so I guess that's that's okay. Yeah, not too bad. We got some good space. Yeah, hey, I saw that you and uh, your roommate Griffin, you guys, had, I think, both posted a picture of some kind of fancy like ramen thing you made just recently. What was uh, that? Griff made the ramen, so he like made the chicken stock, the noodles. He uh, cured the egg and soy. So a very traditional kind of ramen meal. And then I did a Chinese steamed fish. And it was just a synergy meal. We've definitely been doing a lot of cooking here. Um, he's taken up doing a lot of bread. So there's been a little bit of pizza going on too. And I'm getting into the bagels. Because where in town do you go for a bagel? If some, yeah, yeah, exactly. if someone could tell me I don't have to start making them, but I'm also really happy to start making them. So, um, yes, there's cook-offs every couple nights, tacos once a week, big taco cook-offs. As far as I know, I think, um, I don't even know if they're open, but Cumberland uh, Bakery is making bagels. They used to make bagels. I think the bagel person left because I haven't seen bagels from that place in months. Like, okay. not even that could be what it COVID. is. Hmm. Then other than them, I don't think there is any local bagel makers. Yeah, it is what it is, but I will be there soon. And then, then maybe. Unless, yeah, you can make them all. Yeah. I would love to be supplying fresh bagels made from you. Yeah, well, maybe we'll have to do that. We'll get... How hard is it? Isn't, isn't it really hard to make bagels? Once Cindy gets into the uh, stream of things, it'll be super easy. What, uh, like, are you, ba like, you're baking them, you're not boiling? How are you uh, making You do them? a little boil in water, and then you bake them in a hot oven. So wow. I like the Montreal style, but I know other people aren't into that one the same way, but I really like that style. I'll have to try that. I made we made uh, we we made one loaf of bread since COVID started, but we haven't got back on the baking train since that one time. It didn't turn out so good, so I don't know. Maybe you try just it again. Gotta try again and probably do a hotter oven. Like what? What temperature did you go with? If you're, yeah, good question. I can't remember. It was pro. Uh, yeah, whatever the recipe said, I can't uh, remember. I would probably say just go hotter. I usually go as hot as the oven okay. can go. Really? Okay. Let's get it's like wood baked ovens and stuff. That's like a thousand degrees. So right. it's like, if you can get your oven to five, 500, you can get a pretty nice rise. Okay. I'm going to try that.
I'm going to try that. All right, Matthew. Well, I'm glad we had a chance to talk because we've really only talked once in the last <laughs> long time. Um, but that's going to change soon. Um, anything else you wanted to just kind of uh, mention before we get going? Um, I guess I'd say if anyone wants to check out what's been going on and what will be coming on at the garden to check out the backyard food. Or, sorry. Let me double check because um, we got the backyard farm project. I was conflating it with something else. So yeah, the backyard farm project on Instagram and you can uh, take a peek at what I'm doing. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, I think it's exciting. I think it's great that you've used this time to your advantage and, and grown in that many ways. So keep up the good work and hopefully before too long, the Comox Valley will be able to drink your fantastic drinks once again. Yeah, I look forward to it and uh, hope to see everyone at Mud Sharks. Cool. Well, thanks, Matthew. I will see you soon and hopefully everybody else will yes, too. Thanks for having me on, Daryl.